If a creepy clown came out of the woods and said, I need you to pray with me, what would you do? Sexy Bible Time. Thank you for being with us tonight on a late night edition. You won't probably hear it till the morning, but right now it's late. I'm tired. My co-host, I'm certain, is tired. Lauren Larkin, how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you? I am. I'm pretty exhausted, but I'm hanging in there. And I'm coming to you from the backwoods of Alabama, where it is finally getting cold. Is it? colder is well it's like <laughs> 70 something that's basically frigid for us okay as, as fall arrived in colorado yes yes and in fact um up at the ten thousand foot elevation level there's snow oh my gosh yeah it is so. today i think was the first day that the high has been in the 70s since i want to say like mid-march maybe oh, i don't wow. know like it's we have summer for about six and a half months down here <laughs> it's not fun. um how how cold do you get in the winter uh i mean we get snow sometimes but uh i mean it doesn't stay it's usually gone in a day or two so it's like clown cold <laughs> <laughs> you, are you bringing up the clowns already <laughs> sorry i couldn't help it i'm sorry i was just talking about the right the temperature straight right off the bat Talk about the creepy clowns. <laughs> because I don't think any other Christian podcast is going to ask this question. But if, if you're familiar with, with the creepy clown phenomenon, there's all these reports going on about people seeing terrifying clowns in the woods, even clowns that are supposedly trying to lure children off into the woods using candy, um, which is fantastic. That's just that's just the kind of thing you want in your neighborhood. Um, so Lauren Larkin. How would you go about yes. evangelizing one of these creepy clowns? You know, I I think I'd have to um, really, really use some <laughs> distance. Would you? <laughs> Just, you know, I'm really big into giving people space and freedom. Um, and that would for me be just a little bit of distance. Maybe I would... Um, yell i jesus loves you at them like from a distance if a creepy clown came out of the woods and said i need you to pray with me what would you do (laughs) i would pray for the creepy clown (laughs) what if it said i need a hug hold me and pray for me (laughs) people closest to me don't even ask for that Um, no, I would say no. I have the right to say no to creepy clowns wanting hugs. Listen, I've had it. I've had it with your controversial stances on things. <laughs> um, it's going to be a long podcast then. Okay, Lauren Larkin, <laughs> you know her from Key Life. Uh, you know her from Azer on Cage. Um, you know her from Mockingbird. She has a toe in. A lot, of diff- a lot of different corners of the Christian blogo- blogosphere, 
as the kids say. Um, yeah. You recently posted a, was that, help me out, what was the name of it? I can't remember the name of it. What did you post on Key Life? What was the title? Oh, today, today a post called uh, No More Tears Went Up. Okay, yeah. I read that. If you follow me on Twitter, I retweeted that out today. I wrote it and thought it was really good. Um, I was going to ask you, where did that, uh, where did that come from? Can you talk a little bit about that? Like, why did you, what was the, the impetus to sit down and write that? Well, um, <laughs> one of the, okay, so, um, I, I'm always reading Luther. Um, and so a lot of times I'll stumble across something that like a quote that will really, stick with me for a while and I'll sort of mull it over, mull it over. And so this was, this post actually was written a while ago. Um, and we, so I had this quote about the gift and the, and the receiver and the giver of me being so small and the gift being so big, kind of rolling around in my head for about a week. And then I went to church. We were participating in a church plant at the time. And the church was in the, in a, the living room of, um, a, uh, house in Pittsburgh, and the pastor gave a sermon on Nehemiah, that actual scripture that I use in the in the post, mm-hmm. and as I'm sitting there listening, I do what most people do, and I kind of trailed off and thought, and I was kind of struck with the, I, the image of stop crying, let's have a party, and how that sort of correlated with Luther saying when I feel that I'm too small to receive this huge gift that's been given to me by a great giver, I don't look at myself, stop crying, and I look at the giver, start a party. And so the two messages overlap for me. So I went home, and uh, the next day, I probably what I did was I wrote, in my mind, maybe a slightly better sermon. (laughs) Um, But really what it was was to address, you know, that, what I saw kind of overlapping between um, Luther and um, Nehemiah. Um, so that's, that's where that comes from. But it's also very, the post is also simultaneously autobiographical in the sense that I do talk about my own stuff. And I've always been very honest about where um, I am or where I have been, I should say, because I'm certainly not there anymore. I've had a lot of healing um, and a lot of change has occurred in my life. Um, but I do know viscerally, uh, the feeling of being not good enough. Um, and so that's, I, I articulate that in the post. And also, if you notice, there's a link to a a more significant testimony, um, in, in the blog, in that blog post, there's a link to a bigger, um, testimony where I'm a little bit more, um, open about what, what has occurred to me. Mm -hmm. Um, so, but yeah, I just feel that I'm probably, usually when I write a blog post like that, I feel that, or I think that I'm not the only one, um, even though I, I'll err on thinking that most of the time because I'm conceited. Um, but I know that most people probably struggle with the re, the, the, the concept of um, feeling small and too small to receive such a beautiful gift. So mm. uh, I'm looking at it now. I'm going to reading directly from your post, it says, and if he has chosen to give to such people, meaning us, we cling to him with unrelenting grips and rejoicing in great praise and thanksgiving. This is every occasion for a party. Yeah. Very good, Lauren Larkin. Yeah. 
Right. And so I have to ask, why, why aren't we partying more as Christians? Um, well, you're on a podcast called Fun, Sexy Bible Time. Yeah, I, I like to think that every podcast on Fun, Sexy Bible Time is, in fact, a party. It is. It is. We're breaking the mold. No more somber. We're not going to cry anymore. We're going to have some good fun. I mean, we're talking creepy clowns. We're talking theology. We're about to talk prostitutes Books. and revenge. Prostitutes. Yeah. And revenge. Um, but you've written a book. Yeah, I did. I uh, I did. I released something on Kindle a couple days ago. Uh, just sort of your basic Christian book um, called uh, Naked Side Hugs. And um, I don't know. You know, I was really worried that the topic or that the uh, the title would be taken, um, <laughs> but it turns out it was not in fact taken. So I, I grabbed it. You're lucky. You should get a like a Gmail account. <laughs> <laughs> Naked side hugs. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I tried to explain to people what it what it's about. Um, just sort of your basic Christian book about uh, nude evangelism. Um, you know, Noah in the ark time traveling, um, you know, defending a nativity scene from an army of atheists, just just sort of standard theology stuff. Yeah. Um, do you cover in your book, do you mention at all, maybe a footnote or, um, maybe an appendix of, um, that the naked side hug is actually John Piper approved? I think it goes without saying that anything I write is going to be John Piper approved. Oh, right. I forget that. I forget that you have his like seal of approval. Yeah, JP and I are pretty tight. But uh, yeah, it's oh. on uh, it's on Amazon. Uh, check it out. It's on the uh, evangelism chart. So anytime is it? somebody buys a copy, it shoots the book up the chart for evangelism, which I find incredible. Because if you can just imagine, like, the kind of people who would peruse, like, the bestsellers in evangelism, like, looking at the different titles, and then all of a sudden there's a book called Naked Side Hugs. Um, so it really he is might, the gift that keeps on giving. I, I, think, I, think, I think it might, you know, people, people might just stop and say, maybe I have to read that. <laughs> well, maybe I, def- I have to learn how to give naked side hugs. I definitely don't You might start a naked evangelist revolution. <laughs> Well, I definitely don't recommend anyone reading anything that I've written, but um, if I you... recommend it. I recommend it. <laughs> Question: Nude creepy clown. <laughs> How do you evangelize a nude creepy clown? Uh, is a clown nude? Is he a, is he a clown yes. then if he's nude? How can you tell? You he's can a... have makeup on. Okay, All you right. can have makeup on. Are we You're nude? not nude. He's We're not nude. Okay. Very nude, or well, she's... she's very nude. Yeah, I guess the clown could be gender neutral. We don't know that it's a male. We, we would know if it was naked, I would assume. Um, <laughs> um, well, see, that's the question. That's the question that we talk about in Naked Side Hugs is, if you're witnessing to someone who is nude, do you take Paul's words of, I've become all things to all men, so that by all means I might save some, does that in fact mean that you have to get naked too? Only if it's offensive to them that you that you're not naked. Well, see, that's the thing. Like, what if you're what if you're evangelizing like a, a nudist colony? Um, they they may in fact take offense if if you keep your clothes on. Creepy clown? I, I don't know. 
I don't know. Um, because if he's got the makeup on, how could like on his face, how can you tell if he's offended? <laughs> that would be my question. Well, this is a question that you sort of have to um, pray and fast about over the weekend and mm-hmm. let me know on Monday. That's fine. I actually started, I asked at one time, I, I, I started asking some pastors I knew, like, um, you know, <laughs> just go up to them and like with a straight face, say, if I was evangelizing a nudist colony, do you think I should get naked to carry the gospel in there? Um, didn't get a lot of straight answers. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to, I'm going to give you a straight answer right now. Hey, that's why you're I'm not very podcast. good at it. I'm not, I'm not very good at evangelism. But I say, strip down and preach the gospel. Hey, listen, dust to dust. <laughs> I mean, come on. I mean, I, it's not like they're like the nudist colony of the perfect body. Well, and then again, I mean, is nudity in itself a sin? I mean, I don't know that it's it is. It's not at all. It's not. It's not. We have shame because of our nudity. Yeah, and then we, uh, yeah, and then we. You know, now we're trucking into the territory of Christian nudist camps. And is a Christian nudist camp sure. theologically viable? <laughs> yeah, I think that this is screaming for an uh, ask, ask uh, Doctor, ask Pastor John. What was it called when John Piper does his question and answers? I yeah, I think that's. I think uh, I think I need I to tweet bet, him that. See what he says. I bet. Well, if you don't do it, if you're not going to do it, I bet we could find someone who would do it. Uh, were you talking about your partner in crime, Sarah Terrace? I, I I think that she would she would probably do it. She's probably doing it right now. <laughs> <laughs> she probably picked up on my brain waves. <laughs> oh, poor John Piper. She can't catch a break. <laughs> He's right, had so, his fair share. Yeah. <laughs> um, oh man, we are so. I don't, I don't know that we had an outline, but it's definitely gone now. We are just all over the place. Candy corn. Candy corn. Oh, yeah. Why do you like candy corn? Candy corn is gross. How can you not like candy corn? Are you eating, the like, the dollar version? You have to get Brock's. We have to get the gourmet version. Even so. like, it, Okay, here's the thing. What does candy corn taste like? Mallow cream. Explain. <laughs> Heaven. <laughs> But if, if that's what you like, why can't you eat like a Rice Krispie treat instead? Because there's rice involved. There's puffed rice. Oh, so you this don't like rice, street... but you do like candy corn? I love rice, but I like rice as rice. And trust me, I can easily, I mean, a plate of Rice Krispie treats sort of shivers in fear when I'm around. But candy corn, I'm holding a piece right now so I can actually get its essence from touching it. <laughs> 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 it's it's these wonderful little bites of goodness. Like you bite off the white part, and Sarah's going to disagree with me. You bite off the white part, you bite off the orange part, and then you bite off the either yellow or brown chocolate ends. And it's these nice little tasty honey treats. They're made out of honey. Okay, I do agree that that's how you eat them, because that's also the way you eat uh, nutty bars. Is you eat it a layer at a time. That's also the way you eat Hungry Jack biscuits. You eat them a layer at a time. But I just I don't I don't I don't see it. This is a major theological schism we're having right now. I, they're just sort of flavorless to me. It's it's almost like an empty empty treat. Mm. Well, and, I like empty treats. <laughs> okay, so if a nude clown 
came out of the woods <laughs> holding candy corn. Mm. What is your move then? Um, you know, like asked, you, uh, you slide a bowl over and you say, put it in the bowl. <laughs> okay. Let's, let's build this up from the bottom. Creepy clown comes out of the woods nude. <laughs> we'll say it's a female uh-huh. clown. So there's no, so the awkwardness oh, okay. there is, is, is lesser. I'm, I'm an admirer of both forms, so no problem. Well, I'm saying you'd probably be a little more reticent to witness to a, a male <laughs> nude clown. I don't know. So we'll say a new female clown comes out of the woods holding candy corn okay. saying, yes. I need you to pray with me now. Then what do you do? Okay. Well, I think my first goal is to extract the candy corn from danger. <laughs> Before the issue of salvation is addressed. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Candy corn first. It's in. It's in the. It's in the original Greek. Jesus says it. It's the thing. It's when he's talking about the children. He also mentions the corn. <laughs> so you slide the bowl over and you say, "Put the corn in the bowl." Slide the bowl back. You know, like they do. You do that. Like, don't touch. Exchange of candy corn. Mm. And then once you get the candy corn, you know the candy corn's safe. And if that clown then, is naked, it's not like she's got pockets. She's been carrying that candy corn around <laughs> in her hands. So it's probably a little sweaty. Fair enough. Good point. Yeah. I would just walk away. Be like, the candy corn's not even worth it. But you'd still pray with her, right? Uh, maybe four would be a better <laughs> preposition. <laughs> no other podcast will dare ask the questions that we ask on Fun Sexy Bible Time. All right. There's a, there's a creepy nude female clown out there somewhere who needs to hear this message. Okay, I'll flip it around for myself. So if it was a nude okay. male clown that came out of the woods holding candy saying, I want you to pray for me, I got I to gotta, I gotta size them up. Like, I got to see... I gotta see, is it a big clown or is it a small clown? Because if it's a smaller clown and I'm pretty certain that he's not gonna be able to carry me into the woods to, to murder me, <laughs> like I'm gonna just go right on over and and bring up the gospel with him. If it's a gaggle of clowns <laughs> I'm gonna have some reservations, I'm just gonna be honest. <laughs> So, so no to the group clown evangelism. Naked. <laughs> well, I mean, naked clown. I mean, I'm not saying no. Maybe I would bring them out into the open, so you know, <laughs> so that I can kind of keep an eye on everything as I'm witnessing to them. But even then, I mean, Paul Paul put himself at pretty great personal peril to bring the gospel. I don't know. Did. I don't know how well that would reflect on me if I'm afraid to witness to terrifying nude clowns. Um, you know, um, um, I, I think that we should live very risky. I think, I think that we should live like on the edge and embrace, we just we embrace go big, the right? gaggle of naked clowns. Just go big Is that and go what out. We just go big. Yeah. I mean, what, what better to put on a tombstone than, Taken down by a gaggle of naked clowns. Yes. And that could be your obituary, right? I Whoa. mean, survived, survived by. I think, like, if if you get murdered by naked clowns as you're preaching the gospel, I feel <laughs> like 
that should put you, maybe not grant you one of the two seats, like on either side of the throne of heaven, but I feel like you should be in the running at that point. You should be at least mentioned as a candidate for that. For the empty one? For like the empty seat? Because isn't one already taken? Well, I mean, yes, technically. I'm just saying like (laughs) the imagery of, you know, the disciple's mother coming and saying, I want you to put this son in you know, on one side of you, the other son on the other side. And then Jesus gives that vague answer. Well, you know, that's just who sits beside the throne is for my father to decide. Yeah. So, yeah. I, I, I mean, I do other martyrs like, you know, like, is there a martyr club up in heaven? And like you pop in because you've just been murdered by a gaggle of naked clowns um, while like, preaching the gospel. Do they judge you? I feel like they probably would. I feel like if you like, get like not a you, lion, like if you're a Christian <laughs> that like dies because you were like trying to get a free Coke out of a Coke machine and tipped it over on top of yourself and died, I feel like the people who died because they were crucified or fed to lions or I, I don't know, I feel like those guys are probably going to look down on you a little bit. <laughs> or at least you'd be like, it's fair. You can look down on me. Yeah. Yeah, heaven's gonna be heaven's gonna be rough. <laughs> so much judgment in heaven because yeah. we don't have anger or sorrow or sadness, but Jesus doesn't say anything about judging one another. Yeah, can I say one of the like most underrated things about heaven is, or New Jerusalem? You know, for the people out there trying to correct me, <laughs> one of the most underrated things nobody ever talks about it is how many freaking pastors are going to be up there. A and B. With no one to preach to. Right. Well, think about my job is done. Yeah, but like, have you ever been around a pastor that like has gone a couple weeks without preaching a sermon? It's kind of like they're miserable. (laughs) Maybe that's their hell then. Maybe they need to be in hell in order to feel heaven. It's like the the theological equivalent of being horny. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's like they just, yeah. pardon, you know, pardon this. You're listening to a podcast called Fun Sexy Bible Time. I don't know why you'd be offended by this. But it's like, they just need that release of preaching right. a sermon. <laughs> right. I mean, maybe maybe they just talk God's ear off about him. They just talk about how great he is to him. I, I guess. I just have this mental image of there just being like, Thousands of pastors and theologians wandering the streets of New Jerusalem like drug addicts searching for a fix, just like looking for someone to preach to. I, yes. Okay, this is, you're hitting close to home because, one, budding theologian, two, on the ordination track. So I'm going to be doubly, like, pretty much like, I would imagine, the worst of some of the addicts. (laughs) But I, um, I get it though. Uh, like I get it. Yeah, I mean, I keep. I always wonder if we're gonna have a fun time talking about how wrong we were about certain things. <laughs> like, remember, remember when we said <laughs> this about God? Yeah, mm-hmm. that was funny. <laughs> yeah, I um, I, I the thing I compare it to is like a historian or like a history major. If you've ever been around somebody that was a history major. Or was, you know, is a historian or writes about history. 
it's almost like they just have to tell you like the things that they studied. It's like a compulsion almost. Like they just have to like barf out these details that you're not really even interested in because it's almost like they just need that release. And I've known a lot of pastors like that too. Of like, they just have to tell you about early church history and then they're good. Then they're fine. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it's sort of like being cornered by a predatory introvert. <laughs> how, how dare you subtweet me in that way? <clears throat> Matthew. <laughs> That's the part I forgot from that last statement. No, have you ever been cornered by a predatory introvert? Listen, don't bring my dating history into this. <laughs> Everyone always talks about predatory extroverts that are just like the talkers and talkers and talky talk, tick talk, talk, talk. But like predatory introverts, you don't see those suckers coming. No, and I'm I'm one of them. I freely admit to that. Like, <laughs> you know, I'll go all day without talking to somebody, and then if I finally find somebody that I want to talk to, they they can't get away. Do you hold on to them? <laughs> All right, we got to change the Not topic. You're giving me flashbacks to my dating career, circa, <laughs> circa 2000. Okay, candy corn. Did we solve that? It is good. Wait, hold on. Uh, listen, you said we were schisming. We were schisming I, over I have candy corn. All kinds wait, wait. Of, I have all kinds of people with all kinds of theological beliefs on this podcast, and I don't split hairs. I don't disagree. You know, we don't fight. I just love them for who they are. And that's what I'm doing. I'm, I'm loving you and your errant candy corn fixation. Well, you I'm can just pray for me. <laughs> um, but can we agree? Can we agree that pumpkin spice has overstepped its bounds and should be taken down? I like it as a scent, but as a flavor, yeah. I mean, I, I like like a the flavor. Fall. Everything. There's a in one of my stores. There's like the pumpkin spice aisle. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And it's 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 it's, it's done. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it's overkill. I'll give it. I'll give that to you. Okay, so there we can find our agreement there that candy corn's probably a little bit better than pumpkin spice. Yeah, I I really didn't think we would talk about this, but you got me thinking about it before we started recording, and I have to talk about this now. Talk to me about Rahab, because that's gonna. Oh. I'm gonna be thinking about this all night. You just I don't even remember how you brought this up to me, but. Um, what was what was the deal with oh, Rahab? Oh, you called me. You said that I, you know, I'm I'm a I'm a person of repute, and so why would I, why why wouldn't I be concerned about coming on your podcast? Yes, and that led us. And in, I said, I said ill repute. Yes, and that led us into a discussion of Rahab, um, fairly quickly deciding that she would just betray, basically everyone she knew to a violent death at the hands of the Israelites. Um. Well, okay, and, and think that, too, that the, you know, it's not like the little girls of this time were growing up, oh, I hope one day I'm a prostitute. <laughs> That's prostitution, like, happened to them because of something else. And so there wouldn't be frustration and anger. I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing that a woman that's in her position isn't, you know, necessarily just completely angry and refuses to believe in any sort of divine um, concept, you know? Mm. I don't know. I mean, I have not done any studies on Rahab, and this is all a big riff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Same here. <laughs> Same here. I'm uh, I'm thinking about, like, a uh, like a pretty woman angle to it. 
like where she's actually a prostitute with a heart of gold. And um, then she falls in love with one of the spies, but doesn't want to kiss him on the lips because. Right. That's intimacy. Hmm. Yeah. Do you think, do you think prostitutes really loved um, pretty woman? Oh my gosh. That's a good, great question. Um, I know you're going to find this hard to believe. I don't know a ton of prostitutes. <laughs> you are kidding me. <laughs> On the homeschool circuit, uh, you know, circa 1996, I did not, in fact, meet a ton of prostitutes. Um, I don't know. What do you think? I would say that they probably wouldn't like that movie. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, it definitely sort of glamorizes the trade in a way that is probably not helpful to anyone. Precisely. Um, yeah, and then even like, yeah, there were parts of that movie like where they tried to make, you know, tried to bring out like how destructive that lifestyle can actually be, but nobody remembers that stuff. They just remember Julie Roberts as, you know, the prostitute with a heart of gold and she becomes a princess because she finds a rich guy. Oh, right. She's totally saved. It's she's you know, woman is saved by man. You have that whole, you know, storyline re- repeating itself. But the movie opens up with a glorification of prostitution because the movie is like slow panning over Julia Roberts, like significant legs and body. And like, she's this beautiful, sexy creature. And so it's sort of like a glorification. You it know. kind of, it kind of craps on it from both ends because not only do you have, um, you know, like the knight in shining armor showing up to save her, which I mean, that in itself, that's fine for a Disney movie, but not, I mean, people don't show up to save prostitutes. Like that's not right. Right. And, um, but then you get like the, like the token sort of like self actualization of, you know, she's a strong independent prostitute. And it's like, you know, that's, that doesn't happen. Like, you know, if you're a prostitute in the real world, you have a pimp and the pimp breaks you and destroys who you are as a woman and as a human. And there's, there's no, (laughs) there's no self actualization. Yeah, yeah, those industry, that 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 industry, um, and like the subsets, um, you think uh, uh, I was always, you, I was always taught to, not taught to call them, but they call themselves gentlemen's clubs, which they're not, and that name always drives me crazy because it's just women dancing and naked like that those subsets even those subsets um of women um performing in that way is not an easy lifestyle to get out of mm-hmm. um we uh our church in pittsburgh actually uh did did a fair amount of you know um not i wouldn't call it evangelism but just sort of you know um very big into the message of you know you're loved and you're cared for and it was downtown um in the downtown part of Pittsburgh, the South side. And there were, you know, there was, I believe brothels and there were Mm. plenty of nightclubs that, you know, definitely featured naked women and strip clubs. And I guess somehow the pastors um, got a hold of the addresses of where these women lived. And on Valentine's day, like went over and delivered little 
packages of stuff. I I never had time to do that because I had kids. Mm-hmm. Uh, and just said, you know, like you're precious, like you're loved inside of God. And so I I don't know. I, typically, the reaction always sounded like it was pretty good, but yeah, uh, it's a very hard industry to get out of. It's really um, enslaving. Yeah, I mean, I think you, I think you get broken. Yeah, when you but, do things and, like that, and your self worth gets broken. And then even when you have a chance to leave, if you don't feel like you're worth it, it's hard to leave. Yeah, it's really true. It's really true. So, you know, Richard Gears don't always come along, huh? Yeah. Good for your church, though. I've heard heard stories like that of churches doing things like that and doing outreaches to dancers. um, Yeah. You know. Well, and I think think one of the hardest things is is that – um, the, when, when churches want to uh, embrace the idea of ministering and evangelizing um, this in that industry, those women in, the, in that industry, it really needs to probably first come up with a substantial plan for what they would do when the women leave, because that's mm-hmm. the biggest issue. Um, mm-hmm. There's nothing to fall back on for a lot of these women, so... Um, you can evangelize them away from the trade as much as you want to, but if they don't have a secure network of support, um, then falling back into it um, is 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 uh, a possibility, is is a likelihood. And so, um, I would say that's one of those ministries that a church should not uh, willy nilly just sort of jump into without probably sitting down and formulating some sort of. Um, uh, significant support plan, um, mm. getting, you know, action teams and people involved and how to, you know, connections with safe houses and all that kind of stuff. So, yeah. but that's it. We've gotten, we, we're neither fun nor, nor <laughs> <laughs> we, we've become serious, not so sexy Bible it's, time. <laughs> hey, it's an adventure. Every episode is. is an adventure. It is. Okay. But Lauren Larkin, I thank yes. you for coming on tonight. Thanks. I thank you for talking about creepy clowns and evangelism and prostitutes and church ministries to topless dancers. Yeah. I think that about covers it. I think we've I think we've saved Christianity tonight. I think we've made a den. <laughs> um, I'm I'm proud of us. I I feel like we've made the world different. Yep, so thank you for doing this. Alright, talk to you later. Alright, see ya. Bye. You know, I have the right to say no to creepy clowns wanting hugs. I think it goes without saying that anything I write is going to be John Piper approved. No. What does candy corn taste like? Mallow cream. Explain. <laughs> Heaven. <laughs>